Christiane, we're a team. This is not a competition. I've never heard such lies come from your mouth. <laughs> it's teamwork. We're all part of the same team. Mm, okay. Free I, yourself from this thought mm, of competition. No. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure all three of us have taken the uh, – I forget what company does it. The strengths. Oh, Gallup. The Gallup. Fighters, yeah. And I'm pretty sure all three of us have competition in our top five. What's that about? You have you actually have that in a spreadsheet somewhere, don't you? We I did do. it for yeah. yeah. I'll, I might have to reference. Were you it to here make sure. when we did it, Christian? Nope. I did it uh, for other things in competition. Do you know what your top ranks five? in my top three consistently. I don't think competition was in my all right my top five. Well, Christian, while you're telling us the questions, I'm going to try and <laughs> see what this spreadsheet says. All right, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, today we have a deciduous shrub. That is three to four foot tall, three to five foot wide, native to eastern and central North America. I'm getting less and less uh, <laughs> all right. uh, descriptive, but the wetland indicator status is upland. Um, what, is, what does the flower look like? They are cylindrical clusters of tiny, fragrant white flowers. Okay. One to two inches in size. Yeah. Um, fall color. Insignificant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not all right. Well, that just dashed my my thought. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. My I was only half listening because I was also looking for this this spreadsheet. Um, I'm gonna just go with New Jersey tea, but that doesn't have an insignificant fall color. Oh, well, that's what I, I was thinking originally, yeah. and then at, at one point I was thinking low bush blueberry, but that. Only gets one to two foot tall and does actually have yeah a significant fall color. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that. Um, I'm just trying to think of upland shrubs that stay that small that would have that type of white flower. Um, and I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank. I, I'm I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a guess. You're not going to take a guess. I'll, I'll I'll say New Jersey tea also. Okay. Well, I'm glad you guessed because it's New Jersey tea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did the buzzer for the, the last one. I guess that's good. I'm rejecting the buzzer. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm Christiane. Tom, did you were you able to access the spreadsheet? Oh yes, I sure was. All right, what are and, what were uh, my top five traits? Your top five, friend, is uh, let's see here is individualization. Okay. Uh, deliberative. Uh, strategic. Learner. And achiever. Wow. See, I'm not, not competition. Not no. com- what were your top five? Uh, mine were ideation, futuristic. Learner, analytical, 
and competition. <laughs> <laughs> I think that describes you, though. Like, I think that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's pretty good. Did, did you take the um, – oh, what's the personality trait one? The um, Oh, for that, I am Meyer Briggs. ISTP-A, and oh. Fran is a an INF. INFJ. Did you take that one? I did. Some Meyer Briggs. I can't remember what they are, but it had a wizard on top as the image. Yeah. I do I remember, don't remember that. There was a. I've just read something about all this saying how like the Myers Briggs thing. This is. I think it was an Adam Grant um, uh, little write up he did saying how it was most like it's. It's more of a flexible scale. Yeah, you may be an ISTP in the morning and then an ENFJ in the afternoon. It's yeah. it's not like you're. This is what you always are. It's and like ten years from now, you it's going to change. Um, but people really get uh, hammered down on this is who I am. I I think there's so many other factors like – all right, yeah, I'm an INFJ, but I also have OCD, ADHD, and I'm, I have social mm. anxiety. So you put me in a social situation where the <laughs> yeah. anxiety is ramped up, and I don't come off as an INFJ. I come off extroverted, mm. but I'm I'm not. I'm just yeah. trying to control the situation. I'm just trying to <laughs> yeah, control yeah. the situation and make myself feel comfortable. But anyway, today <laughs> today's plant is New Jersey tea, uh, Ceanothus americanus. You actually didn't put the, uh, yeah, the botanical name that. on there, but I believe it's americanus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also called red root, mountain sweet, and wild snowball. Uh, it is three to four foot tall, three to five foot wide with a wetland indicator status of upland, native to eastern and central North America. And it's a deciduous shrub of the Ramnaceae family, which is also uh, the buckthorn family. So I, I don't know what it was about the clues that was throwing me off. Like I wanted to say New Jersey tea and I could tell – We I mean oh, we yeah. both did. We wanted to say it, but there was something that was making mm-hmm. us think that it wasn't it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, uh, where were we? The leaves are – Tooth, broad, ovate, medium to dark green leaves. Uh, there can be up to four inches long and are gray and hairy below. The bark is dark brown with shallow pits. Young twigs are noticeably yellow and stand out in winter. It is a dioecious plant, and it, if you have, haven't seen it, it's very dense, um, compact, and fairly round without pruning. It, it can stay fairly round. Uh, the base is woody, while the upper portion of the plant is made up of herbaceous spreading branches uh, with cylindrical clusters of one to two inch tiny fragrant white flowers that appear along stalks at the stem ends or upper leaf axles in may to july it does have three lobed seed capsules they start out green red mature to a dark brown or black and then split open to eject uh, seed several feet and insignificant fall color and i think that was tom and i were saying we thought maybe it's a yellowish fall color but drops Mm. leaves pretty early like it the leaves don't hang around long enough to yeah, really. Yeah, I remember the leaves turning like a little bit yellow, and then just really dropping. quickly they just kind of curl up and turn brown, and then slowly fall yes. off. Um, it's an easily grown and average to dry, uh, dry to medium, well-drained soils in full sun to part shade. Uh, it grows best in sandy loams or rocky soils with good drainage. It can be susceptible to leaf spot and powdery mildew, and prone to root rot in wet soils and canker disease. And that's something I've seen is when you have it in. Something too wet, they do not do well. Um, and then the thick, woody red roots go deep and help plant withstand droughty conditions. Uh, yeah. Established shrubs can be really difficult to transplant. Oh, yes, totally. So I think, you know, it's when, when we're talking about upland plants, it's easy to confuse that sometimes people think, oh, they like it dry. 
They like mm-hmm. it dry. And yeah. it's it's you have to really make the distinguishable trait sometimes that it likes well-drained soils. It's not like that it, it wants to be arid and dry. It just doesn't like to sit in water. Yeah. So that's why it likes sandy loam soil so it can be wet, but it drains off pretty good. And when it does get wet, that's when you get canker and that's when you get leaf spot and powdery mildew when you're putting it in its not not so ideal situations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once they're established though, it can tolerate road salt uh, and it is quick to recover after fire. It may be bra- browsed by deer, elk, and rabbits um, and the seed are consumed by wild turkey and quail. It's a larval host for the spring azure, the model dusky wing, and summer azure. Uh, its members of the genus Ceanothus support the following specialized bees, and Fran won the game again. <laughs> he did it. It's Suedo Panergus, Pauper, and Virginicus. The dried leaves were used as a tea substitute, albeit without the caffeine, in the American Revolutionary War. Uh, the red roots and root bark are used by Native Americans for infections of the upper, upper respiratory tract. The root bark of the plant is used by herbalists today and are used in remedies for problems with the lymph system. And the roots and flower extracts can also be used as dyes. Uh, it is a good shrub for borders. Uh, it stays low. And I think, you know, it's tough. If you have deer problem, considering it only gets three to four foot tall, it's never going to grow tall enough that they mm-hmm. can't browse it. So if deer are a problem, it's going to be an issue for you. And I think, have you ever seen this in the wild, Tom? Like it's something no. we grow. I've never seen it in no. the wild. And I'm assuming it has to do with deer pressure. Mm-hmm. Um but it is good for borders. Uh, native plant gardens has a shrubby ground cover for hard to grow areas like dry, rocky slopes and banks. So, like the flower kind of resembles like a like a dwarf lilac. Like if you're familiar with the garden plants like Miss Kim mm-hmm. or Palabin, it's it's got a very similar flower. So it's nice to get that native plant that gives you that texture that stays small, uh, offers a lot of a lot of pollinator benefits and larval host. It's you know obviously. All these things that we talk about that are browsed heavily by deer also seem to coincide with plants that turkey and quail like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the lack thereof hurts their populations also. But if you have a, a, a deer-free space that you can put it, it, it's a great, great, great plant for it. All right, lightning round. You got it. All right, hit us up, yo. First up. True or false, young plants expend a good bit of energy producing deep roots. Uh, So they get off to a slow start, but once the roots are established, the upper half of the plant begins to flourish. All right. True or false, this buckthorn family member is one of the few non-legumes that can fix nitrogen. True or false, New Jersey tea contains more caffeine than most other commercially available teas. True or false, taproots have been known to break plows in the Midwest. And then true or false, nothing can be done to increase germination rates of New Jersey tea seed. All right. I think I'm I did a, well. I don't. I, I some of them. I I'm, we'll, I'm about fifty we'll percent. Some I, I'm like I know, and some I'm like oh, I'm guessing. I'm uh. I would give myself a, a 50-50 shot of doing a clean sweep and getting them all Ooh, right. All right, fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> this is all right. This is all right. Go ahead. Toxic confidence. Yeah. <laughs> First up is true. Once the roots are established, the upper 
plant, half of the plant flourishes. And with in a nursery setting, we know that it's a very slow yeah. grower at first. It really has to get those roots. So it's one of those ones that doesn't finish quickly because it's rooted, but there's not a whole lot on top to, mm-hmm. to move it out. Next up was true. It can fix nitrogen, so it gives the plant an edge, especially in disturbed sites. All right. Then we have false, and I realize I gave away the answer in the You did. Facts. Gosh did. darn it. No caffeine. But, yep, no caffeine in New Jersey tea. But it's it's nice to know that a, a plant named New Jersey tea was used for tea. <laughs> I'd assume that's why it has I would a assume name. why, yeah. but you never know. <laughs> uh, next up was true. The tap roots have been known to break plows. All right, Tom, where are you at? I was going to ask, where are you at? I am three for four. I am four for four. Now, listen, the, <laughs> the plow one, I was like, I know they have thick roots. I'm like, but is it going to break a plow? And I wrote false, and I almost changed it. I'm like, no, go with your gut. Keep yeah. it false. So, yeah. all right. I was like, there's no way Christine would include this if yeah. it wasn't true. So. Yeah. All right. I like to just change one word sometimes yeah. to make things false. So, All right. Uh, and then last up was false. Uh, you can increase germination rates by boiling water or through a boiling water treatment or artificial cold, moist stratification in the fridge to break open the seed coat. All right. I got that one wrong. I got them all right. Wow. <laughs> I wow. My what shot. confidence. Yeah. Tom, Tom goes up. All right. So here's our recap again. Guesses. Christiane is in the lead with 12. I am in second place with nine. Tom is in third place with five. But Tom leads the lightning round by a score of 13 to 10. So, uh, Christiane, are you putting this in your yard? I think so. I like – I hate trimming shrubs because I'm really bad at it, so I do it often and make a mess. Um, so I'd love something I don't have to trim and shape. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I definitely – I haven't put it in my home landscape. But we have it at our farm landscape, and um, it's exactly what Christiane said. You don't have to necessarily shape it They kind of – and they stay fairly compact. Uh, they don't get too leggy. It just it's uh, availability is the toughest thing, and that's the reason I haven't put it in, at home yet. Um, I would love to, but deer pressure is so heavy in my pro. I'm having so much trouble getting any shrub mm-hmm. acclimated. I don't know that I. I think the only way is if I could maybe use it as a foundation planting around the house. Mm-hmm. They tend not to come come up that far, but I don't. I don't know for sure necessarily yeah. that they wouldn't. I'd be putting it in my front flower bed I, I, I just where my think, dogs bark. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it would be a losing battle for me. So I'm going to say no, but I, I love the plant and I would definitely do it. So if you're not familiar with this plant, familiarize yourself with it. It's a great one to add to your property. Um, and tomorrow we're going to have another uh, native plant for you. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.